The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gillen. So very glad that you could join us today here on the program Afternoons with Mike, heard daily at this time on the Shepherd Radio Network. Each and every day, it is my great privilege to talk to somebody in the community in which we are, either Gainesville, Ocala, or Orlando, and today we have someone from the Orlando area. He has been on my program before. He's an author, Welton James. He is the creator of the concept now known as Weltonisms, and uh, there's a big story behind that. I loved it the first time I heard it. Welton, welcome back to my program. Thank you so much. It's my real pleasure. Now, you have been for a while now. You have been up in uh, working for, and still are, for the great organization, I just saw you there a couple of weeks ago, for Christian Help, and and that is an organization based out of Castleberry, and uh, they provide though they provide help, they provide uh, hope uh, in many ways, not just in the short term food and things like that, but they also provide counseling for ongoing job growth and, and maybe getting better positions. So they, they've got a lot going on over there. And you have been part of them for about a year now, right? Yes. In a full-time capacity, right? Absolutely. Uh, Christian Help is a very unique concept. It's been in this community for over 30 years. Uh, the goal is to help people increase their income by getting the right job or a better job. Mm-hmm. At the same time, lowering their expenses by providing them with good, healthy food. Now, for a person who is trying to get a job, has expenses that are very, very tough for him, getting 400 to $1,200 a month in food will help him lower his expenses. Now he can pay for the car, yeah. daycare, and so on. What a lot of people don't realize is that there's about 800 homeless families in this community, but there's over a million families that are one paycheck away from being homeless. So the mission of Christian Help is to prevent homelessness. So you've got a number now. That's the first time I've ever heard a number like that, 800 families. I would have actually thought, based on what I've seen, I would have thought that would have been a greater number than that. What we see is is that number is... um, is, is, is even though it's smaller than what people think, it's highly visible from media and, and so on. Mm-hmm. What is not visible is the people that go to work every day that still can't afford rent, clothing, uh, car expenses, daycare. If you are below the poverty line, I'm not saying that there's enough for you, but there are a lot of different services that are available. Mm-hmm. But if you make $10 above that, then you lose everything. Not right. some of the services. You lose absolutely everything. Is that right? Yes. Now, this whole concept of being uh, underemployed, that, that's the first uh, I heard that term when I f- moved back to Orlando four years ago. I, I don't know that I'd ever heard that before because in my mind, yeah, I, under- I get it that people may not have the job and make quite as much money as they want. But you're talking about people now who are families in this day and age that they have a 40 hour a week or maybe longer a week job, but their paycheck is not enough to make ends meet. And we're not talking about just even because of debt or ex- extravagant living or anything like that. They just don't make enough money to pay rent, utilities and food. And so that's where having that margin of help in the food department, it serves two different things. It obviously is nu- nutrition for the kids. But it's also then uh, frees up the funds that if they're not paying for food, that they can apply to these other things. Absolutely. Um, rent is growing at an astronomical number here in the greater Orlando area. I just came back from Cal- uh, California. I was in San Francisco. I just could not believe the, uh, how visible the homeless situation was there. Oh, uh, yeah. While there, I, I saw a television program where a city councilman could no longer live in 
San Francisco in the district that he uh, represented. Uh, now, how can that be? I mean, that is, isn't that just the irony of it all? Rent, uh, there, there are no rent controls. Your landlord can come to you and say, uh, after 10 years of renting, that um, your rent is now going up three, $400 a month, and pretty much there's nothing that you can do. The amount of people moving to this area on a daily basis from other districts that they were paying twice the rent that's in Orlando, now they're coming to Orlando. The landlord sees that opportunity, and the relationship that you had with him it no longer exists. Um, you used to be able to maybe miss a month because the car broke down, and mm-hmm. he'd work along with you, but not anymore. What we're finding is, uh, is the quicker he can get you out, the the more he can jack that rent up and give it to someone who's from New York or yeah. California. You know, I've believed this for a long time, Welton, and I think that you would agree with this, that there's not a one-size-fit-all description or attitude that one can have regarding those that are homeless, maybe even including those that they see at the corners of streets, at intersections, holding up the the cardboard sign. Uh, We just can't group them all and say that they're all like this. Because that's just, it's doing them an injustice, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, some people are homeless because of drugs and alcohol. Some people are, are, are homeless because of mental uh, illness. Okay. And, and some are, are homeless because they just cannot make enough to take care of mm-hmm. the mortgage that they once had, um, working two jobs. Uh, and the people that come to us, for an example, uh, a young lady worked in a pharmacy for five years, didn't get a raise for, for five years, mm-hmm. came to us. We were able to show her that the company she worked for would actually pay for her education. Uh, she took advantage of that, um, and, and we were able to help her somewhat. Now she's a pharmacy tech in that same organization, making more money, no longer needing isn't that, that something? Hand, absolutely. And that's that uh, giving a hand up instead of a hand out. Yeah. I think that concept of helping people get to the next level, taking it to an upper grade salary-wise, maybe position-wise, makes all the difference in the world. We like to think of it as a, a hand across, okay? A hand, because uh, uh, we're reaching out to our neighbors. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, And quite often, when you look to the left or right, one of the people is experiencing that type of situation. We're talking about a person who's 50 years old, 25 years of senior management. The company moves and he can't move with the company. Yeah. But he hasn't had to look for a job for 25 years. Right. He doesn't speak the language. You know, 25 years ago, there was no Instagram and, and, and things like that. So now he's finding that where he used to put on a nice suit and go and sit in front of a personnel guy, now it's done online mm-hmm. and he may scare the person half to death because of all the experience <laughs> that he has. So we are able to do an assessment, provide a coach and work with that person every step along the way so that they can be moved towards uh, say, you know, self-sufficiency. What is uh, the, the commitment, let's say, on the part of the person who's inquiring for this kind of assistance? What kind of uh, commitment do they make to Christian help uh, along the way? Well, they don't, they're not required to make a commitment to Christian help. We, we're there to make a commitment to them. Okay. okay. So th- there's no cost involved. We have the largest job fair uh, in Central Florida every other month. In fact, 13 years ago, I went to that job fair. Is that right? I met an owner of a franchise called Kidova and worked with that person for 12, 13 years as director of catering and leadership. That's what you were doing the first time you were here. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so I'm, a, I'm, I'm continuing to live a life of transition. So that okay. job that you got 12, 13 years ago was provided from a job fair put on by Christian Help. Absolutely. That's really okay. amazing. And when it was time for me to transition from that, I came back to Christian Help to see if I could, uh, you know, provide some some service there. Yeah. Pay back a little bit, pay forward. (laughs) You you know, Bill Parcells, when he, um, his team had won the Super Bowl, and they came back the following year and they were strutting around like a bunch of roosters and he pulled them to the side and said, you know, that was last year. We don't start from where we left off. We start from where we started from. 
And so that was kind of like my building. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to continue uh, where I left off, but to actually go back to where I, I started for and see could I make a contribution. Now, that kind of little uh, saying that you just gave right there when you quoted Bill Parcells, that's what you're known for. And you've come up with all of these little proverbial sayings that are full of wisdom, very interesting, and they're all concise. How did this start in you when you realized, okay, I'm one that that is coming up with these little nuggets of wisdom? How, how did that start? Well, as a little boy growing up in a place called Beckley, West Virginia, uh, at that time when grandmom got to the point where she couldn't take care of herself, uh, there was no nursing home. She moved in with you. And grandmom would... Uh, Sometimes call the kids, come here, come here. And most of the kids would run, but I found that to be highly disrespectful. I would sit with grandma and I'd had to get used to the fact that she would tell the same story a hundred times. Yeah, right. And then, yeah. call, and then call you by your brother's name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on now. Uh, this, this is a, a familiar story. <laughs> I started to find that uh, as I got older, uh, I started to channel grandma. Okay. And, and I found that I had a way of expressing myself that I'd gotten from her. And, and as I went on in my career, occasionally one of these nuggets would come out and people start to coin them as a Weltonism. And the word was, well, you should, you should put these together. You should write a book. And I did an a interview for a pastor, uh, Pete Alverson. Oh, and, uh, I Captain, love Pete. Yes, yeah. indeed. And, Great guy. Uh, part of his group called Forge. And I did an interview, and uh, at the end of the view, interview, he said, you should write a book. And I said, Pete, I've been writing that book for 30 years. And he said, but I have a publisher. So he introduced me to uh, Higher Life Publishing. Mm-hmm. David okay. Welday. David Welday, great yeah. guy. Yeah. And, uh, and we, and he, and we uh, he said, you have an interest in life, Welton, but um, you're not Brad Pitt. So it would take too much <laughs> to, <laughs> for people to find you're out who you me. are. Yeah. <laughs> He said, but the quotes will stand on their own. And we had to clean a few of them up because, you know, grandma didn't have a filter. <laughs> so originally it was supposed to be called, you trust your mother, but you still count your change. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But each one of the quotes, you know, it'll preach. Yeah, there, there's a story. Right. So, yeah. And they all have a pretty much have a theme. And that is self-responsibility, self, uh, not always self-reliance, because one is too insignificant of a number to be uh, profound. Okay, And so if you look underneath all of that, uh, the greatest leadership that was ever known was Jesus Christ. Yep. And so it, it's in there. Okay? Yep. And that's kind of how the book came about. And right now, that book is in some of the best bathrooms in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Some uh, That's where a lot of serious reading takes place absolutely. in this country. I, I'm convinced of that. Absolutely. And it's more than, in my generation, you'd always find a Sears and Roebuck catalog in there. But that's for a different story, and I digress. All right. But, yeah, that's funny. Well, that's man. where I got my love for reading. I yeah. mean, but, you know, I had to walk down to the end of the path. Okay, <laughs> to, to, to a, little, uh, a little, uh, little West Virginia skyscraper. <laughs> All right, I, I think we better uh, cut this one off here. Like you said, we got to keep this um, with a filter on it here, man. <laughs> Weltonisms are are such a delightful concept, and your book is so great. And I was able to get a. A copy from you a number of years ago now, a couple of years yes. since I first met you. And it is so much fun to read. And it not only gives you a chuckle, but I think a different perspective. And, you know, isn't this true that people today, they need to add a little bit of humor to their life. There's so many people that are, they're just caught up in the, the troubles of the day. I tell you, Welton, if you listen every day to the news cycle, you're going to end up depressed. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. And, that, and, you know, news originally stood for North, East, West, and South. And so we used to go get the news to find out what was happening. I don't think I've all, ever heard that before. In all four regions. However, uh, something unique around 1963, John F. Kennedy was killed. Yeah. And when he was killed, the news stayed on, did not turn off. Because one thing happened right after another, the yeah. funeral, Lee Harvey Oswald, all of those things were happening. And for 
a cycle the news stayed on continuously and they found out something people would actually sit there and watch the news Mm. Uh, the news operated in a small room in the back of the tv station and entertainment had the front well the guy from entertainment then came up front grabbed the news and and next thing you know news is on 24 hours a day and it's not about collecting information. It's about entertainment. Yeah. And so now you've got the Rune Arledge who was doing sports. And now all of a sudden he's doing news. And, yeah. and then Ted Turner puts on a 24-hour news station. What a, what a big deal that was when CNN came around. So now news is, is part of the entertainment package. It's no longer that occupying that little room in the, in the back. And so now it's very difficult to, to decipher what is the truth. And, and what is not. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I know the former president, President Trump, came up with this phrase that stuck, fake news. Yes. And it is, that's kind of what you're describing. It's more entertainment-based. But the, the scary thing is, is that nightly in this world right now, we are still given the news, northeast, west, and south. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, we're given that as if it were pure fact. Absolutely. And yet it's often not. No. And it's, and, and it's cousin, the internet, is working right along side by side. And again, it, it becomes hard to decide. Books become more and more important today than they've ever been. Uh, when you put a book out there in the marketplace, it's very difficult for that book to, to be uh, a lie and, and not based in fact in a literary world. And, and not go unchallenged. Um, so there is somewhat of a mechanism to challenge things that are, are not true in, mm-hmm. in the book world. Uh, but not, in the entertainment world, uh, internet, news, th- there's very little challenge that takes place. Very interesting. Now, where did you hear that description of news, the, where it's an acronym? Uh just like everything else, somewhere along the line. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, and, and that's one of the things that, that kind of I, I recognized is that I had an ear for hearing certain, certain things. You know, I was talking to my brother on the phone in, uh, the week, and in the middle of the conversation, he said to me, uh, never argue with a stop sign. And I said, hold it, hold, stop. <laughs> stop. Back up, back up. What did you just say? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But I realized that, wow, that's heavy. Uh, never argue with a stop sign. Yeah. We would never do yeah. that in life. You would get to a stop sign. You look both ways before you proceed. Right. There's a reason for being there. But God will say to us, stop, and we'll argue with him. We'll decide, no, we, we can make this work, and we will continue. And uh, when a mule kicks us in the head three times, we come to a conclusion that maybe I've never seen a three-legged mule Maybe there's another kick coming <laughs> before we change. <laughs> but That's another great one. <laughs> so we have a tendency oh, not man. to, you know, not to stop when sometimes when we, we need to, we'll stand there and argue with a stop sign. So, so I, I realize that I hear these things and, and they kind of stick, they kind of stick with me. And uh, as a result, uh, sometimes they pop up at the, at the strangest times. Well, you, they're not only entertaining, but they are also full of wisdom and help that I think if people apply it, they've got a leg up on what's going on. Uh, I Now I've got that picture in my mind about a three-legged <laughs> mule. Got to remember that one, my friend. My guest today is Welton James. He's the author of Weltonisms, and he's doing a whole lot more, which we're going to hear about coming up. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144. Or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
Welton James. He's an author of the book, Weltonisms. He's with me here today. And I always enjoy getting to talk to this guy. It is like sitting back with someone that's full of uh, really great wisdom. They're not just cliches, although sometimes they sound like they might be cliché. But usually, even in some of the most known cliches out there, there's a bit of wisdom to it if we stop and listen. And that's what I so appreciate about Welton. And his book has been published by our friend David Welday, who uh, we get to bump into him from time to time around the area. He's been up here a couple of times. Yes, indeed. Really enjoy David. He's a great guitar player, too. Oh, wow. That, yeah. that, that I didn't know. We jammed it a little bit in my office one day, and okay. it, was, it was so much fun. And uh, But anyway, David is a great marketer, a great publisher, uh, an author himself, and, and somebody who really understands the power. And I really like what you said about the, the value of a book. A book is, cannot be as easily refuted as a news story. Yeah which is obviously given and spoken with all the authority and all of the veracity as if it were 100% gospel truth. Yet we know that a lot of what's out there today in the news stories, they're later debunked. They're proven to be false. Yes. And what, uh, again, what we hear as fake news uh, is actually fake. There's, there's really not a lot to it. And how crazy that is. But when somebody writes a book, that book can be checked out. Absolutely. Uh, books don't get published in a vacuum. <clears throat> you know, when the book hits the marketplace from the left and from the right, you know, opinions uh, are going to, uh, based in fact, are, are going to uh, impact that impact that book. Uh, you know, a myth is harder to get rid of than a lie. Okay. Uh, you know, a lie, you can come in with the facts that, uh, that attack that lie, mm -hmm. but a myth has the, um, some of the characteristics of the truth hmm. and, and a lot more romantic than a lie. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. so the myth has a tendency to stay around yeah. longer. Um, so, and fortunately we live in a society that if someone tells a lie on you or someone creates a myth about you, uh, you may be able to, to refute the lie, but you can't go to all of the spots to erase the myth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, boy, and that's something. Now, how long did it take you to write? this book? <laughs> I know in one way you're probably going to answer you took your entire life. It right? took about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason was is because I didn't know exactly where, where I was headed. Uh, my godmother said to me, uh, bless her soul. Uh, she said to me, um, you don't realize how often these things are coming out of your mouth. You need to get a pen and paper, carry it with you. And when you say one and somebody write, write it down, take it home, put it in the box. One day you'll have enough for a book. So I've been just putting those things in a in a box uh, as I collected them, uh, a bunch of scraps of paper. Hmm. Then I started to see, could I create a narrative here? Could I create a story? And I didn't know which way I was going. So when I sat down with Dave, the first thing he said to me, what is it that you want to say that no one has either said or has not said it the way exactly you want to say it? Um, who are you trying to reach? And through that process, we threw away the narrative and we had the quotes, we cleaned them up a little bit, and they stood on their they stood on their own. And so in your a description of throwing away the narrative, there there was maybe a story that you were gonna just kind of tie all of these things together with. Is that what you mean by that? I was gonna it was somewhat gonna be autobiographer. Uh-huh. Um, but um I, I didn't know which direction to go. I mean listen, on my tombstone, they may they may as well put he didn't miss much. <laughs> I've, I've been an adventuresome little uh, a little fella my whole my whole wow. life okay. it kind of started as a little boy growing up in that cold camp my mother was uh, able to get us out of that that environment and the church uh, um, a school teacher said you know I, I like that little boy of yours can I take him with me down to the coal fields when I go to teach she had a one room school house down in the coal fields and at four, I would go with her every morning down to the one-room school. Well, at five, I was ready to start school. And they said, well, he's, um, he's already had the first grade <laughs> going with Miss Finney. So well, let's start him in the second grade. So 
I started school in the second grade. Oh, my goodness. Well, that set up a process of me always being the youngest one in the class yeah. and the least mature person in the class. Both and, physically as well as emotionally. Now. Absolutely. So as the class was moving on, I, I was still chasing butterflies and, and looking at the wonder of the world. And mm-hmm. that youthful kind of attitude has stuck with me my whole entire life. Now, were you put to test by the older kids that were in your class? Did they really mock you or give you a hard time about that? There were always going to be, you know, some bully, mm-hmm. okay, who, who would try that. But I learned a, a, a very simple concept is that bullies uh, are always trying to get an army. They usually don't operate alone. So they're trying to get a crowd to join them. And so I think it's an old Japanese saying said, don't waste your time fighting your enemies surround them with your friends. Okay. Wow. And so when the bully, good. when the bully yeah. would try to move towards me, my friends were always around and, uh, and I had a larger army than he did. Wow. So, That's yeah. well said. And another Weltonism, my friends, <laughs> there you go. Well, this is wonderful. And now you've, uh, you've got this book and you've already now illustrated one of the great benefits of having a guy like David Welday, a publisher that's kind of helping guide you and discern the process because it is a big process, is yes, it, it not, to yes, write a book is. and to get it published and how, you know, how many copies are you going to print initially? And back in the day, that was the big, the big thing. Now in this day and age, you don't have to be quite as concerned publishing and printing being what it is. It's easier to get that done in short order than it was back, let's say 30, 40 years ago. Absolutely. Cause if you didn't have a big house willing to uh, give you an advance to, to lay that money out and, and to do all those kinds of marketing things and so on, you were a little guy you were lost and then down the internet you can go and and try to do all these things but i would recommend that you you have to at very least you have to have a guide and and dave has just been a wonderful guide we every step of the way i've had the ability to uh understand the process mm. more yeah right i always have the right to reject any anything that i uh was not comfortable with um uh, in terms of, uh, you know, projecting what it is that I was trying to say. Because they don't take over the, oh, no. the intellectual property. Oh, no, it's, it, it's yours. Uh, I, he gave me several covers to pick from. Um, w- the cover was a, is a light bulb. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a suit. But uh, I changed one thing. I, I, I loved it, but I didn't like the tie. So we changed it to a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But uh, every every step of the way, uh, it's just been a great, great experience. Uh, you know, it makes me look good. I tell you. That's okay? wonderful. Because I had no clue as to what the process really required. And as a result, I kept going in a circle. Yeah. So let's talk about your book for a moment. How can people get a copy of it? Well, I have a website and it's weltonjames.com. One of the things that um, Dave told me, you know, the book is going to be available in Amazon, but but Amazon's a place you can buy a book. It's not <laughs> Amazon's not going to sell you a book. <laughs> so the book is in all of the bookstores. Mm-hmm. It's in Amazon. Uh, uh, you can get the electronic copy on Am- Amazon and, and so on. However, by getting the book directly from WeltonJames.com, I'm able then to autograph the book. Um, and, and I've had people buy you know, a hundred, 200 books at a time. I autographed each one. Uh, I've had companies buy them and we've autographed them Mm. for each employee, personalized them. And um, so weltonjames.com will allow the book to be gotten at a a, a more reasonable price. Mm -hmm. Number one, Uh, originally the price was uh, like 1595, but by purchasing the book directly from me, I can give them the book for $10 autograph. And, uh, and have it shipped to them uh, very quickly. And it's a great book, which I can heartily recommend. And it is really something to see this kind of collection. It is fun. And regardless of what room in the house you find your reading <laughs> throne to be, uh, I think you're going to leave that book there and enjoy it. And yeah. it is something that's great. And, you know, we're seeing this day and age. Uh, Amazon has done a lot of things that are great and a few things that aren't so great. But one thing that has happened in this day is books become much more doable to uh, a lot of people as opposed to a few people, only a few, 
having, uh, and I think that's what happened. I mean, you either were uh, somebody that was up in New York and you had favor and introduction to publishers up there, or you didn't get a book published. And nowadays people are able to do with self-publishing or with going like you did with Higher Life Publishing. There's You get the aid, yet you continue to own your property. Absolutely. And uh, then you have all the help. It's like the best of both worlds. It is the best of both worlds. You know, one of the things I learned was that um, it's an interesting concept, but nobody changes their mind. You can argue, you can debate with people till you're blue in the face, but no one, no one changes their mind. But they will make a new decision based on new information. And so this book is new information. It's old, okay? It's based on principles, uh, principles of world around before the Rock of Gibraltar. Hmm. Okay, I mean, there are no new principles, just like there are no new antiques. But the principle is there, and uh, but it's written in a form as new information. It's not telling somebody what to do, but it's making them think a little bit about a concept in a in a short. Now, a couple of them are kind of funny. I, I put golf got its name because all the other four letter words were taken. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Golf is one of those uh, four-letter word factory sports out there. Yeah. And if you go on a golf course, usually you, you, you'll hear a lot of them. That's right. <laughs> the only one wasn't taken. It was, G, it was golf. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's like, like you said, the, the humor is there. Yeah. Now, I've got to go back to this thing that you said. No one changes their mind. I'm intrigued by that. What, what do you mean by that versus making a new decision? Quite often, we will get a point of view and put it in the, on the table. <clears throat> and someone has an opposing point of view. And they will go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the only thing that changes is how a person feels about you as a result of that conversation. Mm. Okay. But they walk away thinking 99% of the time exactly the way they thought uh, when they came to the table. They'll just for, be further entrenched in that. However, with some new information, they may make some new decisions based on that new information. Even so though the, the root is still yeah, Their mind unchanged. didn't change. Their mm. mind didn't change. Okay, yeah. but they got some, you know, it, it's kind of semantical, but I, I hope you get where, where I'm coming right. from. This idea of trying to get people to change their mind uh, ends up being uh, the loss of a friendship quite often, mm. a loss of a relationship. And so my book is not designed to try to change someone's mind, which usually means you're wrong and I'm right. Uh, no, it's just providing new information. And so you use it like chewing gum. You chew on it on a while and get the flavor out and go on ahead and spit it out. Okay. Now you've been around a while. Uh, this whole thing of abrasiveness, and that's kind of what you're describing right there. It's the ability to share something that might even have great levels of emotion tied to it. But there's a way to do it without it being abrasive to people and offensive to people. Absolutely. You know, you can pick, you can pick and choose. You get to pick what information you're willing to digest. You get to pick who you spend your time with. You know, that, that's what's so great about this country. We, we get to choose certain things. Now, certain things get chosen for you. You can't choose who your parents were. You can't choose where you were born. Okay. However, there are things that you can pick and choose mm -hmm. as, you, as you go forward. It's your perspective. But it's also based on the information that you're, you're operating from. Mm -hmm. And as we are always picking up new information every day. And based on some of that new information that we come in contact with, we may make new decisions based on that. And so my goal is to be able to get people to hopefully get new information so they can make some better decisions, some different decisions. Uh, same old rut can't figure out why it is that I keep doing these same things. I try to improve my life. I try to do uh, things that are going to improve, but I just can't seem to get it together uh, because a lot of times the information is not foundational. And uh, this is what this book is about. Foundational kind of information based on principles. All right. Now I'm going to give you a Weltonism right back at you, my friend. You said rut. And I heard years ago something that reminds me of you, actually, that uh, the definition of a rut is a grave with both ends knocked out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
It, oh. It's a well-worn path, isn't it? Yes, that it people is. can get themselves into, and you they know. don't realize how how much that way of thinking is being guided in their life. And they really, until they start making the effort to make a, a change of mind. One of the things about a rut is it's below the surface. So even a man whose eyes are wide open can fall into a rut, but you can't fall out of a rut. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to climb up. You, yeah. You can't dig you. Yeah. Way out of a yeah. rut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only okay. one way and that's up. There you go. Yeah. And so, again, the book is about a ladder. It's a tool uh, that can be used. And, you know, I, I have to read the book at least once a month myself. And sometimes I read it like every two weeks. I, I, I am just so um, honored that, that God chose me to be this vehicle. Okay, because one of the things that, that you will not find in the book, anything that says I'm so smart, okay, that's not in the book. <laughs> okay, That's not what mm-hmm. the book is about. Uh, it's just about I've been fortunate enough to, that God has choose me, chose me to channel this information and put people in my path, which will help me put, the, put it together so that it's now out here in the marketplace. Well, it's a great book called Weltonisms. And again, give us the website where people can get it. Sure enough, it's Weltonism, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. Okay. And that's at weltonjames.com. And that's W E L T O N. James, yes, J A M E S dot com. Welton James, and again, you can get it signed, autographed, and uh, a better deal than what uh, they can get out there on the internet. Absolutely. All right. Well, when you come back, I'd love to talk about what you're going to be doing in the days ahead, as well as an outlook on what it is that people who are hitting like what we've both done, we're both in our seventies now and so many people, Walton, I know you find this to be true. They, they kind of lose their glimmer, their, the shine in their eyes as they get older. And I think our culture has done that to them and they have bought into that. I'd like to kind of dispel that. Maybe use some of uh, the wisdom that God's given you to offer hope and encouragement to someone that's a bit older. Welton James, my guest. I'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Enjoying my visit today with Welton James. Welton is an author. He's written the book, Weltonisms. And as we've uh, already talked about on the program, he's been a part and still is a part of Christian Help, and that is out of Castleberry, Florida. And uh, what a great work they're doing, continue to do. And, you know, we had that um, recent meeting where I got to see you there that day. And David Welday, by the way, sat at my table, and I had a great visit with him that day. So enjoy that guy. And we also got to hear Dr. Steve Brown. Now, there's a guy that's got some wisdom going on, right? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. And and a voice for radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a face for radio. (laughs) There you go. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Now, speaking of that, uh, there's something that you're working toward. And I want to bring this up because this is going to be fun to see how it is that you're going to be employing what is a relatively new concept because technology has changed so much. People have their own programs and they're called podcasts. Yes. And these podcasts and and some of our um, listeners may already be listening to a number of them on any daily basis. They're available. You can go to Spotify or Apple iTunes or any of these services. And there are many others. You can just go to the Internet and type podcasts. And there is a plethora of programs available for people uh, who and you can dial in whatever interest level you have. If you want a podcast on guns. They're out there. Yes. If you want something on golf, you mentioned that, the great uh, four-letter word factory sport that we have, uh, that's out there. You can find it. Self-improvement, same thing. So you're looking at creating your own podcast. When, when I came to Dave 
to get the book published, he asked me, who, it, who is it that you're trying to reach? And, and, I, and I thought the person I was trying to reach was actually my younger self. Okay. What are the things that I didn't listen to that I wish I had earlier? Also, what, it is, what was it that I was trying to say? Well, Mark Twain said the two greatest times in a man's life is the day he's born and the day he finds out why. And so the pursuit of why has been a profound, had a profound effect mm-hmm. on my life. It's becoming clearer and clearer that the book is actually a compass. The book is a way to keep you pointing north. And north being a metaphor for living, mm-hmm. living, right, right, living right. right. True north. And so I'm developing a podcast in connection with the book, and it will be a success compass. We have a lot of success maps. You can find them on every, every on YouTube and, and podcasts telling you about the map for success. The problem with that is that if they change a road, the map is still good, but it won't get you there anymore. Mm. But a compass always points you due north. And so the, the podcast, the book, all together is for that person who can be 16 to 60, who has found that they've had a, maybe a level of success, but life is still empty. Or a person who is still trying to find out why they can't seem to be successful. And the book and the podcast will be designed. We will start off with a little bit of a message from the book, but then it'll be an interview with someone who has used some type of compass in their life to be successful. And we will not identify success being their lofty title or the amount of money that they've reached. Everyone cannot relate to people's success. But everybody can relate to people's failures. And so that oh, is so what true. the book is going to, what the podcast is going to be about. I'll interview somebody. I'll tell them a little bit about them because they're going to, you know, they're successful. However, we're going to talk about one of their greatest failures and what they use to overcome that failure. And what do they see for the future based on what principles that they received when they were younger that they wish they had taken advantage of earlier. So hopefully I will, again, provide new information for a person who may say, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. <clears throat> when I was changing my life, I was told, stop comparing, you know, because com- comparison is the thief of joy. Okay? And so don't compare. See if you can relate. Again, back to new information. Hopefully a person can make some new decisions. You know, that whole thing about, uh, ag- again, comparing yourself the Bible even tells you not to do that. Do not compare yourself to, with yourself. It's it's a foolish uh, endeavor. It's not going to lead you to the right answer any time. And yet we have so many people today that are they're out there. They're trying to find true north in their life, and it's it's a difficult thing because they've been lied to so much by our culture, by the enemy, by and and we know that uh, there is always wisdom if we take the time to read the word of God. But that Bible, the Bible as invaluable as it is, has been just debunked by much of our culture today. Yes. Um, something as simple as if your ark starts to sink, get the elephant off first. Okay. Uh, well, you know, that, that, that's a that's metaphor. another good one. Yeah. That, that's a metaphor. You know, what is it that is weighing you down? Oh, okay. that's good. Um, we don't always able to get God in our life. And sometimes that simply means good, orderly direction. Okay. Mm. Wow. Good, orderly direction. There you go. I just got to stop and pause on that as an acronym of God. And he is that way. He guides us faithfully. He leads us. And man, I, I really appreciate the way you've kind of taken the time, the effort, and it's really been part of your life to do this throughout your entire life to not only listen yourself, but to help other people along the way, because we all need help. Yes, we do. You know, you were talking about success and failure, and I agree with you. It seems that some people uh, learn more and listen more quickly when someone is confessing an area in which they failed 
much more so than when they're listening to somebody who succeeded. Absolutely. And that is because we can all relate to what happens and how it feels when we fail. You know, God doesn't uh, usually interrupt you at the party. While you're having a good time, he lets you go ahead. But in those quiet moments of despair, that's when we become more willing to listen to his voice. Wow. Okay. And so this information is God inspired. Uh, people will see that in there, you, sometimes you got to dig, you got to pull the layers back uh, a little bit. Um, things such as, you know, God blessed the man that walks from the darkness into the light, but God damned the man that walks back into the darkness. Okay. And so that's kind of my life was going in that direction. I would go into the light and then I go back into the darkness mm-hmm. and it would be twice as bad. And I couldn't figure yeah. out why. Well, that's, a, that's not a, a unusual thing. No, nope. two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah, that, uh, that happens. You know, God, there's, there's a verse in the Bible where God talks about um, uh, that clean up your house and, and get all the demons out. Mm-hmm. But, but if, you know, if you don't pick something else, that way is heavy in its place. Yeah. You got to fill it back up. The, them demons will come back and they'll bring all their friends. Yeah. You know? And so the idea is what principles can I base my decisions on as opposed to, uh, somebody telling you what to do. You know, I, I'm always interested in success. I'd see this list, 10 of these things do eight of these things. I'm not going to do those things. And then the average person may start off doing them like going to the gym at the first of the year. But 15 days later, <laughs> right? no, it's not yeah. so my idea is not to tell you what to do, whatever you decide you want to do, um, as long as it's, uh, you know, it's not dangerous and, and it's reasonable and so on. Um, you, you still need a foundation. You, you still need a principle. Yep. So, I agree completely. You know, it, when, when that pretty girl in the miniskirt walks in a room, it's too late to decide whether you believe in adultery or not. Okay. No, you needed to make that decision a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. heard a story about a guy had a had a group of friends up in his airplane and and they went to land and right before they hit the ground, he jerked the plane back up in the sky, scared everybody half to death. Circled the airport, landed, and they said, well, "Why'd you do that?" He said, "Was well, I was getting ready to land the plane, I saw the shadow and one of the landing gear was not down, so I went back up and, and straightened it out." He said, "But you did that in a split second." He said, "No." I, I, I decided that about 15 years ago. He said, well, how so? He said, when I was learning how to fly, I practiced everything that could go wrong. So when it did go wrong, I didn't have to think about it. Wow. I went on and did it. Well, that's what principles do for you. It provides the information that you need way in advance of the situation so that when the situation arises, you know exactly what you're going to do. You don't have to think about it. Uh, there you go. There's the price of admission right there. This last couple of moments is why I enjoy having you up here. Thank that you, is just brilliant. And we do. We, we have to live our lives with principles learned and practiced Absolutely. and put into practice. Yes. Now, speaking of that, we've got just enough time. I want to get your thoughts on this. Again, looking at age, so many, sadly, when they hit 70s, moving toward 80s, they fall into depressions. They fall into maybe a malaise of feeling that their life is over. And we know we're all going to die. That's going to happen. Sure. It's, that, that's just a fact of life. We were all appointed for that. But the truth is, is that a lot of people give up on their life way prematurely. And they don't enjoy this season that you're in right now. How is it, Welton, that you are able to be so positive and so joy-filled. I see the smile on your face when I get to greet you. It's, it's the real deal. How is that possible? You know, God said that of all the things, love, okay, is the greatest. Okay. Well, I love people. Okay. I don't like everybody, but I, <laughs> but, but I love, but, but I love people. Um, I also love life. I, I'm, I've always been somewhat adventuresome. I'm, I wanted to see what's around the next corner uh, and so on. And I, I spoke at a, a, a senior group, uh, old people, at a, at, a, at a Loma church not too long ago. <clears throat> and the message was, is that when you were young, you didn't have any sense, but you wanted to tell everybody everything. Now that you've gotten to the point where you have some sense, you want to keep it to yourself. 
Well, you've got it backwards. Now is the time with your experience and your knowledge to reach out to someone who may not have that, who needs that, mm-hmm. and, and, and help them along, along the way. You've got to be speaking to young people in your life. Okay? If, you, if you want to just continually dismiss the whole generation behind you as to not having anything worthwhile, you're going to miss a lot yourself because it's a two-way street. That's right. You need to have someone who is under the age of six and over the age of 60 in your life because that's the front door and the back door of life. Mm -hmm. You constantly have to be engaged with people and you need to be sharing. So I've got right now about five people that I'm, um, I'm not going to say mentoring because I can't give them the type of attention that is required to actually be a mentor, but, but they know they can come to me and they can bounce things off of me and I'm learning. I mean, I'm learning about various ways to use the internet to, for good and, and things of that sort uh, through my podcast. I'm, I, I'm always interested in learning new stuff mm-hmm. to keep myself somewhat up to date. And along with that comes a certain joy and, and a certain kind of peace. Now I had to eliminate some things. Okay. Here's my, here's my, my feeling. When you learn what it is that you cannot have, not simply learn it, but make peace with that. The flip side is you can have everything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty good deal. That's great. So I found out, okay, September the 15th, 1984, that I could not drink, I could not drug, and I could not spend my time with fools. Mm. That was a big lesson to learn. Absolutely. And there's so much joy that's there. But I love that, remembering the those that are younger and realizing that we grow from them as much as they will and need to grow from us. Absolutely. So let's, let's not shut those doors down. Let's keep them open. Keep our eyes open. We'll be looking for your podcast when that starts. Any idea of a start time? Well, I've given myself between 30 and 60 days. All right. No longer. All right. Two but, months uh, from now, yes. we'll have Weltonisms as a podcast form. We'll have to be having you back up here once it launches. Welton James, my guest today. Again, that website is weltonjames.com, right? Absolutely. And you can get his fine book called Weltonisms right there and get it signed and have it delivered. And friends, we thank you for being with us today as well. Look forward to being together next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.